this year because i found not even this year this time because i had mentioned it to him like over the summer he was like yes yes Aww. let's do it because i just had this idea like presenting like where like this moment in time just being not trying to be excellent and just like right, right. so that art sort of like reflects that Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. We usually start with the host with the most, but we're gonna start with me, the legit sidekick, the son of a plumber, the $600 million man. The six, $600 million man. Million dollar man. Sorry for the miscues, but it was all planned. And it it is Jahi in the place to be, and here is Don P. The host with the most, AKA Baby Leo. Today. Oh, he shortened it today. Today, architect. But I'm usually the one with the plan, but I didn't contrive this today. Oh, this no. is all you. Yeah. yeah. Even though it doesn't look like it, I'm like super duper excited for like this episode. <laughs> like I got, I don't mean it like this, but I got my peoples in here. Like I was like, yo, can, can I get them? <laughs> like I had my connects last week. Yeah. You have your connects this you week. On, you went on a little run. <laughs> I'm a comfort, just my, this is my clip right here. This is my whole clip for the rest of the year. That's it? Yeah. No one else? Yeah, the next like 20 days. We are not alone once again today. We are gathered here today with, how can I? I'm just gonna do this. We gathered to these two badass women. I'm not gonna say creative because one of them says she doesn't really like that word. So that's how we gonna roll today. We are gathered today by Fayemi Shakur, all lowercase. Put some respect on it. That's correct. And Bimbe, I don't know your last name, but the first name works perfectly. Foggy and Bo. I'm not even gonna try to disrespect that. <laughs> but I love We're it. We're just not in agreement. It's not yeah. in agreement that yeah. I fuck with it. I'm gonna let y'all a little like this. But this is what? This is like two eighths of the woman of a violet? Yeah. I don't, I'm not good at math, but something like perhaps, that. Yeah. Like the Wu Tang. This is like the female Wu Tang. We are like the female Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah. That's um We are. We were we were in conversation in somebody's living room the other night and when they left the conversation they were like, What did he say about the womb? Oh, he said, um mm, the womb? <laughs> I like that. He the said womb the, is for the, the womb is hot. <laughs> so instead of the woo, it's the womb? The womb. Mm, I like that. Damn. Womb tang class. <laughs> That's amazing. So if you guys had to be one of the members, who would you relay back to? Oh, here we go. Oh. Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's too good of a question. Oh, um, man. Okay. If I had to be one of the... See, I go through different periods in my life. And in college, I definitely would have been Raekwon. Mm-hmm. The chef. But right now, I imagine myself right now where I'm at in life, more like RZA. Mm. Definitely RZA. I am. Okay, but that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Both of them? No, I'll stick oh. with Raekwon. Why do you want to be the chef? You know what's funny? I no, came in today like, yo, I'm going to come in, like, not like Wu-Tang, but I, like, I had to School come boy. in like real like golden era out. Like, I feel like Biggie today. I had, like, on this, like, black and red lumberjack. I was like, nah, let me not go way overboard. I think the polo will do. <laughs> but in my mind, I feel like I'm Raekwon right now a little bit. I yeah, just a little like bit. like, the part mm-hmm. and, like, a toothpick and a go-to for some. I mean, honorable mention to Ghostface, Tony I'm about to say Starks. no. I mean, Ghostface killer! Uh, I, I do have a vibe <laughs> with him that I can't really explain, but that's my guy as well. 
No Method Man Love, ODB. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. No, I don't know who ODB is, but <laughs> like of in course. the group. The the group um, <laughs> of course. I love them all. That's why it's a good question. Like, you how would can be Raekwon, though. I'll give that to you. You are the chef. Have you had a chance to like catch the show? Like, what was that? I think it's Hulu. Yes, it's so good. Yeah. I think it's gonna come back for another season like one was enough or like the way no. they ended it was like i didn't see the last episode um but based off of what i did see i think i saw maybe like the first four episodes and then i got caught up with work um but <laughs> it absolutely should come back that and the watchman should come back Ooh, like, that's right up your alley it must i wasn't expecting that I don't it's know if so I'm ready good. to go down that to get in my Watchmen bag. I keep telling Bimbe, like, you have to watch it. <laughs> I was trying to describe yeah, it to my so dad. He watched, like, the first couple of episodes with me. But after that, he, like, he fell off. Like, I'm like, no, you got to catch up. Like, this got real, real quick. Like, the last three or four episodes, I'm just beautiful. Especially the, not to, like, give too much. Yeah, the nostalgia episode, much. like that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no spoilers. Shout out to... Oh, I'm not even going to say that. Damn it. Is it only on HBO? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I can find it somewhere. But yeah, like... So coming into this, I remember like over oh, when I graduated, I got the gift and I was like... I, when I opened it, I was like... I like jumped away. I'm like, no, this not for this not for me. I almost thought it wasn't for me. Like, it wasn't meant to be. And I because she gave, she gifted me The Womb of Violet, the book. Oh, you did. Ooh. Like a, and I was just like, oh, shit. You got a lot of books for graduation. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ned for like re-gifting. <laughs> like, he already gave me a book and signed it. He gave me it. And I'm like, this, give me this bullshit. <laughs> like, to finally bless me with this gold. It's this nice. gold. Limited I'm glad edition. you appreciated it. Yes, yeah. it's a limited edition. Yeah. Only 100 copies. And that's how I was like, In the world? Made. Yes, wow. in the world. And I remember when she said that, I was like, whoa. I'm like, how am I one of the 100? Like, that's impossible. But just are. This um, is a gift. You're number 82. Um, 82. <laughs> Copy 82. <laughs> The like design that. process of that book was fun and yeah. learning how to put it together, I, you know, it was a great process working at Project for Empty Space on that. But I guess I should say like what a womb of violet is. Oh, definitely. I would love for y'all to like break it down. Yeah. Each, like each week that passes, like something new comes out like from y'all, like in regards to the book, like it got added here, added there. We're part of this collection. I'm like, damn. damn it keeps growing. Yeah. I'm like, why did he get more famous and famous on me? <laughs> <laughs> it's really been so... um organic not necessarily planned but there was um an intention set from the very beginning um which was i wanted to share my residency um at project for empty space as feminists and residents with other black women writers poets and artists in newark who i thought were just phenomenal and also um under recognized Um, that gave so much of themselves to their communities, their students. You know, they serve on boards, they volunteer all over the place. They all teach, but individually, their individual work as poets and artists, I thought deserved to be highlighted and celebrated. And in that work is some of their lived experiences um, that I felt like other women could also relate to. So it's an anthology, a collection of poetry and mm. visual art. Uh, Professor Bimpe Fagambo's beautiful poetry is in there. Mm. I don't know if she wants to give you a little, little piece. You want to give him a little? Oh, mm. a little excerpt. <laughs> oh, y'all are crazy. Okay, um, sure. Thanks for that, Fa. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I'm about to dunk it. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Just People? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so this is a piece of Just People. I'll give you a piece. <clears throat> In the past, it would have moved me far more than it does now. And that's because I've learned some things about people that they are just people. Simple man. And you see, I've concluded a truth that man alone can and will only be man, so what more can I expect from someone when the world has their back? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I was captured by, the, it. Like, by yeah. the delivery. The delivery was that's awesome, just a piece. Too. That's just an that's excerpt. Just, of... That's just a little piece. That's just a little taste. <laughs> just that's 3%. Give, <laughs> 3%. Give you a little taste. Yo. But everywhere we go, so we performed in Martha's Vineyard over the summer, um, performed at the Badass Women Awards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and then recently we collaborated on one of the largest murals now in the city, which is yes. on the corner of Halsey and Branford. Yeah. Um, celebrating two other key black women figures from our art and cultural community, Gladys Barker Grower, who owned and operated um, the first art gallery in the city of Newark mm. in 1971. It was Black Gallery. And she was also the first muralist in Newark, as well as just a phenomenal artist, mentor, uh, art teacher. She even ran for Senate at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely passionate, progressive, strong black woman. She passed in uh, September at the age of 96. Of this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so we were already planning the mural when she passed. And Mm. I was a little sad because I wanted to surprise her with this and I wanted her to see it. Um, But her family saw it and they really appreciated the honor, um, the way we honored her. And then uh, Bria Blackberry Molasses Knight is another key figure in the mural. Mm. And she was an incredible, inspirational uh, poet here in our city. And she also worked at... um, hair salon called Cut Creators. And I met Bria when she was about 18. She was she did my locks for me. And when I met her when she was 18, she told me that her purpose and her mission was to spread more positivity um, throughout the city. She lived in the South Ward. She was tired of like the constant violence and young people not having a sense of direction. And she wanted to serve as a role model. I was very impressed with her at 18 years Mm. old saying something like that. And over the 10 years that, you know, I developed a relationship with her, she did exactly what she said she was going to do that day. And she really became that positive role model at a very um, young age who we all love and adore her. So she actually has a street named after her off of Halsey Street, too. Damn. But yeah, amazing. We have amazing people in our city. And I never want these memories of these women to be erased or forgotten. So I also archived our book and sent it to different collections. So it's a part of the Newark Public Library. It's at the Schomburg Center for Black Research and Culture. It's at the Bernanke Yale mm. Rare Book and Manuscript Library. Hi, Yale. It's um, <laughs> at the Library of Congress. Mm. Um, free Black Women's Library. Oh, yes. Mm. And the Free Black Women's Library. So, yeah. Yeah. Was, I just wanted to do that. And well, we so, needed that. And you did it. Well, and so, I did it. <laughs> so I did it. I wanted to do it, so I did it. <laughs> Pretty simple. What's the farthest that it's made it out to? At least location-wise or however. Mm, good question. I don't yeah. know everyone who like purchased physically. it. Yeah. Yeah, physically. But it's reach. Mm-hmm. Is so you said Congress no is at D.C.? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then you said, yeah, so that's Connecticut. Schomburg Center. Now you're giving me ideas. I need to go over the pond. I need to send yeah. it to some <laughs> other places. Right. Right. Let's send it to the Royal Academy. Um, yeah, spread it around a little bit. Right. <laughs> so since you said you meant you said it was an anthology, would it be ever be a part two? Like five years from now, ten years from now? Right. Or that's like we have to yeah have to sit and wait and wonder. Yeah, we're thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. So it started out as a book. Yeah, and. Um, creating space for us to just, um, you know, we don't have a building, we don't own, you know, anything, but we have one another. And I just um, didn't see any space for black women artists in particular to kind of support and encourage one another um, professionally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever way. But it was really inspired by this first photograph I saw. It's called The Sisterhood. It's like a black and white photograph. It had Toni Morrison in it and Ntozaki Shange mm-hmm. and June Jordan and Angela Davis. And they were all in, um, I'm not sure if Angela Davis was in the photo, but they were all in Alice Walker's living room. Mm. And so... At the time, they weren't they weren't all very well known. Toni Morrison was well known, but the rest of them were just almost kind of like us. I just say, as soon as you said living room and them, I like I'm already tying the connections back, like all oh, the living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they like were the they would just kind of check yeah. in with one another. Want some more? Like, hey sis, you got groceries this week? Like, what you need? <laughs> How's that? How's your writing coming? You know, and also examining like the political climate and what was happening at that time and how they felt like they should respond to some of these topics in their work. And so they had created an informal space for themselves. And I was thinking about that, like, wow, it would be nice for us to have something like that. And so that's how it came about. And so now, because we kind of keep getting asked to do things, Mm. we're thinking about like, we need to make this official, official, official. So next year, yes, we're thinking about maybe doing another one, thinking about going back to Martha's Vineyard, maybe organizing a writing retreat. Um, What's the name of this photo? Sisterhood. It's the Sisterhood. I'm not sure how you can, I can email it to you, but if you Google it, you might have to, I'm trying to think, what would you have to Google? Maybe like just Tony Morrison. Is that with an I or a Y? An I. Alice Walker. I think I might have found The Sisterhood. Oh, yeah. If you type in The Sisterhood, Toni Morrison, you'll find it. Mm -hmm. Is it this right here? Let's see. I just wanted for context. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. Check it out. That's the photo. It's just lamping. That, like this sort of like brings everything in perspective because all like the content, like visual content y'all put out. Mm-hmm. Yo, so I'm, Dom, I'm, professor, I'm with y'all. <laughs> professor <laughs> Dominique DeRoso, she we asked her if she could commission a photo of us. Yes. And so we have this now. Yeah. Maybe in the future it'll be considered an iconic photo. I know that'd be crazy. Is but it's, it was taken at the North Public Library in the mm. James Brown room, yeah. and she um, intentionally too. Yes. In the James Brown Everything room. is intentional. Right. <laughs> we like to conjure. Yeah. Bring our ancestors, call them to us. Very, I'm playing what I'm serious. <laughs> That's what Richard Pryor said. Oh, yeah? Basically. I like that guy. But, yeah, like, the vibe The vibe I'm getting from, when, like, when y'all come together is very, like, based off of that and also very, like, um... Real quick, I was, like, doing a quick yeah. skim. Like, it's interesting, some of the stuff, like, Professor in Oregon teaches a class mm-hmm. that reverts back to that photo mm. talks about Rutgers. the website that i found is michigan mm. so i guess there's stuff happening over there where they tie that in so 
Kalamazoo, yeah. Michigan. Yeah, they're, they're like the foundation of black feminist thought mm. yeah. and thinkers and scholarship. And for young women who want to enter feminism, but they feel like feminism isn't for them, like I'm always like, ah, oh, that's because you gotta study the black feminist thinkers. But do you think there's a difference between the two? Like, all right, feminists and then black feminism. And then I have a side question. Should there be a difference? Like, should they? Yes, there's a difference. God damn it! Oh, am I allowed to cuss? No, you. You course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you think? Do you think the consensus? I just want to add to that. Do you think the consensus of like humanity knows what the term means? Even the base root word. They don't. You know, they have an idea, or they think they have an idea. They think they have an idea. But even I, and I always remember this, like you can't um, beat down on people because they don't know or understand something because it was a point in time when you didn't know either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we teach Mm -hmm. and have conversation. But I do think there's a difference. But I do think some young black women have heard so many things about maybe feminism is like um, drives a wedge in between black family and community and black men. And they don't want to do that. Or they think that feminism is only for white women and white women's issues and issues that concern black women um, um, tend to get pushed off to the side or not. Uh, as important and so we needed to create space for ourselves to be able to discuss things that are important to us yeah what would you say Pepe? no i mean i would agree i mean i think we we felt that a little bit even in the collective and mm-hmm. in the space that we were occupying um but yeah i mean as far as just to talk about feminism specifically i mean it's clear that white people and black people have different experience and live different experiences so why wouldn't that be different for white women and black women to you know have different experiences so um yeah there's there's nuance in there there's nuance that is worth talking about Mm -hmm. and so if we're together we're we have a shared experience that you know among like our white sisters like you don't have that experience because we are black women so Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's different. And it can seem like an intimidating space to enter um, for anyone, but I always say, well, just pick an issue. Like maybe break it down into something smaller. Yes, ultimately it is about um, equality, but also the protection of women. And if you believe in the protection of women um, and you love women, and you believe in, and you're against the abuse of women, then you're a feminist. Right. Hmm. Exactly. So you could be a feminist, and you could be a feminist. Of course. Right? Like, I'm not one of those guys, like, I'm not a feminist, don't call me that. Like, they get really <laughs> mad. Like, what is wrong with you, bro? Like, it's not just about women. It's like a human thing. Yes, it is. But yeah. we also wanted to talk about womanism, too. Yeah. So that's a term that Alice Walker uh, coined that is a little more um, holistic, that considers the whole family. Yeah. Um, not just issues pertaining to black women, but how those issues pertaining to black women affect everyone, all of us, all of our humanity. You free a black woman, you free the world. I'm telling you. Mm. Quiet as cat. <laughs> so do you feel in the totem pole of life, black women are at the bottom of that totem pole? Oh no, I don't think that at all. <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> No, I don't think that. Do you think the world thinks that? Maybe that's like the better I question. think black women Appear are treated that way, yeah. yes. Right. But we are not. 
Yes. And so I think perception. that, right, I think mm. also that systems would like black women to be there, but I think black women are notorious for n- not giving a shit about the system and just creating our own. And I mean, we're like the most educated population. So we're not interested in th- what the system has to say <laughs> anyway, so. But black women were feminists before there was feminism. Right. You know, if you go, and all women, like, when you're taking care of your family and, you know, and your labor is not appreciated and you get paid the least and asked to do the most and have to suffer violence that no one protects you from, um, you start turning to other women to support and help and encourage you. And you have to start almost sometimes developing these little secret societies. (laughs) You know, that's what it feels like sometimes. We need a secret society (laughs) to push ourselves up and through some of these issues. And black women are still the least paid of, you know, all people in most professional environments. If you look at the pay grade, you know, white men are typically on top, then it's white women. I think I'm not sure if then it's Latina women and black women or which what that order is but that's pretty much how it go, how it's been going for too long and why isn't everybody paid the same mm. period people don't really pay attention to things like that and so that's just one issue so if you say like okay maybe I'm interested in this black in this feminism thing pick an issue is it abortion? Is it reproductive rights? Is it domestic violence? Is it sexual assault, violence against women and children? Pick an issue um, because there are plenty of issues for all of us to organize around and even healing is an issue. And so when I try and talk to men about this sometimes, they're like, what is patriarchy anyway? And it's just annoying. Like some, some conversations I can't engage in yeah. because they lack sincerity. I'm like, if you really want to know, yeah. we can have this conversation. But if you're just trying to push buttons, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore the shit out of you. Because who has time? We don't have time. It's a lot of Let fragility. women do their healing work. Let men do their healing work. Right. And let us all just be better. Not that you have to expose any of these people that you try having these conversations <laughs> with. Because they're probably not worth mentioning. But... Are there times when, at least knowing yourself, when you're about to engage in any, maybe even some of the stuff you've already mentioned here, where you're like, oh, they're not gonna get it? Did they? Like whether <laughs> whether that be reading like their, their eye contact or their body language, or even if you know, have a little bit of context of the person that you're speaking to, you know, like I, I want to be able to put this out there, but man, they're not gonna get it. They're just gonna react how you said they did. Yeah, body language tells a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's a lot of it could be um, willingness. So, you know, some people are just not willing to understand or to see a different perspective. Um, and then um, I'm, I was thinking about somebody specific and I was like, roll it back. <laughs> Don't call them out, baby. Right. Um, we lie. Yeah, we can make code names here. <laughs> right. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's that willingness. And I also think that some people can just can't understand like I was having a conversation with my godfather about cultural appropriation versus appreciation. And so 
the perspective that I gave uh, about how I feel about appropriation, it's something that he just can't relate to because some things you just can't put your finger on. Some mm-hmm. things aren't tangible where it's like, it's a logical or se- seemingly logical explanation. It's something that I've experienced. And if you haven't experienced it, it's hard for you to understand that because we're not so much dealing with some kind of objective um, explanation or reasoning, but the feeling that I get when I'm confronted with appropriation. And so, and but he understood that, right? So he was willing to say that what you're feeling, I can't understand it because I haven't felt it. So I'm coming with it, I'm trying to find this objective reason and in my trying to find this objectivity, it's something that you've experienced that I never have. So I think there's, it's a matter of just not being able to understand, but at least being smart enough or intelligent enough to even know that some things that you just won't be able to understand because you haven't experienced or been through it. And then there's that willingness. A willingness to listen. Right. Like you can tell if someone can engage in conversation with you, even if they don't really know or understand, but they're listening to you and they want to hear your side. That That's how I can tell if I can engage in a conversation with someone. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, it has to, like, I think half the battle is like listening, like just allowing, just sitting there and allowing you to speak your mind and get everything you need to get off, like, instead of like barking at you, like, like, yeah, shooting it down from the back. Oh, I don't yeah. want to mm-hmm. hear this. Then why are you here? Go away. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you like you listened to it, so you went like, did you you shared it also? Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna just play it real. Or quick. we could just get a little context. So you know, typical me going to my LA stuff. Yeah, Donald's like, from LA yeah. originally born. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So when did you move here? Um, I was younger. I lived there until I was three, lived a year in Florida, pretty much did all my education here. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. But I feel like I'm from there. I'm never going to be completely one or the other. Like, I'm sure if I go out there, there's a lot of East Coast rub off. Right. But I feel like as a mammal, we, <laughs> we like, you could feel like mammal, even mammals feel, like animals feel like when there's an intruder. And I've never felt like I've been from here. I'm just a guest. Yeah, so, I understand that. So I relate back to there. But I know if I go back to there, oh, you have an accent, certain slang, your clothes, how you operate, yeah. it rub off from here. Yeah. I think of Cuddy. Cuddy is from Cleveland, mm-hmm. but his formative years were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So he's always said that Cleveland is his home, but Brooklyn's up there too. Got it. Yeah. Always got to be up there. So I was listening to Big Boy's show. It's a radio station in L.A., he has a YouTube channel and has uh, guests and they record it. And he had Game, or The Game, because he just released his last album. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about a bunch of stuff, like we do. And he said the following. You know what it is, though? I understand Donald Trump. And I know that Donald Trump is a direct, a, a true, direct representation of America as a whole. Mm. We are on so much bull every day. You know what I'm saying? We don't keep it. We, we we lie to ourselves every day. I mean, as a whole, like America as a whole, we go around like basically pussyfooting through life and we don't want to be ridiculed for that. And that's dude, that's the president, dude. I heard that. Dude has so many, he's so so many things wrong with him being mm-hmm. the president. It is ridiculous. But it is under, it's understandable to me because walking around every day, I see it on the streets. Mm-hmm. He's representing 
uh, the right country because we are we need to get our we need to get our stuff together as a whole. Mm-hmm. And him sitting there is true representation of like a and a reminder that we on some we on some bull, man. Who with with Trump? Hell yeah, yeah. He cut from that cloth. Mm-hmm. Can we reverse it? The, the, we, the, the mentality that you're saying that he's a direct every, reflection every, of? Everything can be reversed, but it takes, it's going it's to take, take some all time of too. us. And it definitely is going to take time, but it can be reversed. It all, everything can be reversed. Hmm. Yeah, so that's it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we start here? Do you want to give your take or like you want to give your immediate reactions to hearing? I was surprised to hear that like from game. I didn't, think, I didn't know game had that in him. Like JC on Chuck Taylor. <laughs> Go, Bimbe. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Um, first, it's like, what are what are you saying? Um, uh, what are you saying? Like, what is he saying? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what you- I heard a few different things, but what did you hear? I I heard nothing like cohesively. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So it's like, what are you saying? But um, I don't know. And we talked about this because Fiami did play it for me, and we we were getting a little agitated, right? Listening to it, mm. like who is we? Yes, like, who is we? You know, we are, and so, and I think I said, I think my response was that, okay, he's talking about America collectively, yeah. right? The, yeah, I think we could say that. Okay, um, it's like, all right, uh, um, what? Um, Donald Trump is a product of America. Right, that's what we're saying. Or his presidency, him being elected, is a product of it's American um, for him to have been elected. If that's what he's saying, I I think I would I would agree with that because mm-hmm. if it wasn't American, then he wouldn't be here. But then that's just a systemic and institutional problem mm-hmm. that we have, and you know that's also. Um, a reaction to what we had previously. Mm-hmm. And so if that, if to say that people reacting to like a black president or the shift in American values and like the idea of a modern family and, you know, black and brown people, not just saying like Hispanic or Af- black American people, but, you know, Indian people or people that just are not um, uh, look, you know, like like an Anglo-Saxon American person, uh, you know, being more educated or you know owning more businesses, um, then if you know Donald Trump is a response to all these things, then that seems pretty American to me. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the history of America, but then in a way that also doesn't speak for people like you, people like you, people like you, people like me, right? and the values and things that we do. So, um, I mean, if, like, the system has won and the institutions have won and white supremacy, in a way, has won, so as if... Temporarily. Temporarily, right? Psychops. And that's what, that's what, that's what Donald... Calvary. That's what Donald Trump is, and then the issues with capitalism and, and so on and so forth, so... But it um, sounds like he was blaming this we like it's our fault that this happened and i just want to say 97 percent of black women did not vote for donald trump Mm, so let's be clear on the we on the why 
Trump is here. And who voted for him? It was not us. I, I didn't do that shit. <laughs> I can't relate. That to was that. I can't relate. <laughs> I do understand in a sense that I really hate this <laughs> this cliche <laughs> expression, but everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And it did for a while. You know, racism has always right. been here. That the Donald Trump way of existing, the privileged, the sexist, the misogynistic white supremacy has always been here didn't go anywhere yeah and he gave permission for all of those disgusting ideals to live freely out loud he gave them he emboldened he lit a fire under them to say that we don't have to hide Mm -hmm. and the battery they back and they thought those who voted for him that he would be for them and he is not and like Bimpe said, the system is broken. The electoral college is a problem. Like it is, I, I wouldn't blame. I'd be careful about placing blame. I, I, I don't think, I don't really understand where he was going with like whose fault it is that Donald Trump exists. Yeah. Is anybody at fault? Is that even like the proper thing to do? Like. We just we have to accept like it happened, and now we have to. Yeah, we don't got time to be pointing fingers. It happened, and now things need to change. And right. there are so many different ways to like enter that change. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you know, not everybody is interested in in politics, but we should be. We should be educated. We should know what's happening. We shouldn't leave everything, the fates of our futures and communities, in someone else's hands. But is the change not to go completely? But is the cha- is the change in this next election, this upcoming election, or is this the beginning of? That's an opportunity to. Yeah, maybe. or is it just a return to to even out to where we were eight four years ago? Is this like halftime? Yeah, sort of. Like you're down twenty five at the half. Yeah, and you kind of regroup. <laughs> and we're trying to get back to even. Yeah, like, that's why I feel like we're at. Like we're trying to like. Mm-hmm. Like if he come, if he gets another four, it's like oh. That can't happen. I don't know. I don't know the answers. Right. I just know there is a cancer that has really is killing this country. Mm-hmm. It's it, killing the idea of democracy. It's killing the idea of freedom and justice and liberty and what the Constitution was even supposed to mean and mm-hmm. who it's for. It's a cancer, but voting for the president is not the only way. That That's not the solution. We get a new president, does the cancer go away? No, it doesn't. The cancer's there, it's been there. Mm-hmm. This guy awakened, awakened everything, like those things for them. Cause I do feel that this is also like very ugly. Like he does reflect, he doesn't reflect we, like we as like a whole, but he reflects a like big majority of this country that was dormant and that's like what scares me i'm like oh there's like i already known they're there but like no they're there like they want to do these things they feel this way about us now they're in plain sight yeah like now they got their guy they got their dr manhattan to like run through everything for them so like i was just thinking like when you sent me this i was like damn I was just thinking about, I was thinking about him and Obama, like 44 and 45. Mm-hmm. They both were reflections of us, and then they're both staring at each other. Like, 
the idea of hope and then the idea of whatever the fuck this is because I don't know what this is like just is it hate like mm-hmm. it's yeah it's hate it's it's a lot of it's a lot of bad things right mm-hmm. so it's hate it's ignorance it's even like a lack of care because this is just an entertainment show yeah like America is an entertainment show and but that's his field and that's his lane so I don't know why we would think it's anything else but an entertainment show it's not like this man was a senator I mean you're a reality television star and now you're the president of a country and that's scary as shit Um, but like you were talking about it being a cancer it's like not just a cancer for America like even if you look at what's happening in the UK like you know um, um, Boris Johnson just became the prime minister and like that's crazy you know and so what we see happening here especially with like xenophobia across the uk in italy in in pretty much where there is like uh like a white class of people this is really invigorated them and it's like not just america it's everywhere it is everywhere because so many countries take cues from america which is like why why like what have we mastered but um not to say that I'm, I mean, not to not like America bashing, but we do okay. have a lot no, of like that's fine. <laughs> we do have a lot of skeletons in our closet that we haven't you know we haven't dealt with, so or even acknowledged. Right. I mean to to lock up children who are immigrants because I don't understand the fear. I don't understand the fear people have of immigrants. And this is a nation of immigrants. Like, this is a, the history of this country in itself. And no one understands liberation struggle like black folks do. And it's like, if you pay attention to what happened to black people, you could learn a whole lot. Right. So there used to be this saying, if they come for us in the evening, they'll come for you in the morning. And understanding that means, like, if you, if for anyone who ever ignored um, the struggles that black people endured, like, oh, that's just gonna happen to you all. It's like, no, it will eventually come for you too. And then no one cares until it affects their their pockets or mm-hmm. their community. And I think uh, more unity is important. Like we need to pay attention to what's happening to our immigrant populations. We yeah, need to pay certainly. attention to what's happening. Even in India, I think that they're trying yeah. Um, what are they? Do- what's happening in India with Muslims right now? Yeah, they want to take away their citizenship. Yeah, in India, and so this is the cancer that is spreading because they see like Donald Trump is able and enabled to get away with these types of things, and this is not the type of leadership that we want nationally or globally. The inmates are running the asylum. That's <laughs> true. Sure. Yeah. That is it. That that's it. Right get the joker out here i would prefer the joker <laughs> you but, prefer the joker yeah i prefer the joker but that's me <laughs> um when i was listening to it i thought it related back to something that i've been thinking about for some time and i don't know much i haven't been in other places of the world to really know for sure but i took it as like in the bigger perspective maybe even spiritually where we are as a human race like we're not good looking we're very ugly hmm. oh yeah. and that being a reflection that's like what manifested physically why the things are happening now is because of how we operate our behavior how we talk everything i could list like a whole bunch of things myself included you know and that's probably why and how do you prove that you can't 
but again speaking to I think Bimpe you mentioned it, when you know it and you can't right. you can't like discredit how strongly it feels and I just go through my everyday and I don't go many places I'm probably here and where I live in central Jersey and a couple other places but even interactions or even seeing what's out there and even being desensitized to the things that keep happening that shouldn't be happening right. that are becoming the norm it's like we're very ugly as a people so when I heard of that that's what I thought of like in the broader sense all of us to some degree are not really doing what we're supposed to do there's like a bigger sense of what we should be doing and it, oh, and it changes for everyone but it's not tying back to even our planet yeah. we're not treating it right mm -hmm. and we came from it so we're connected to it it's like a voodoo doll <laughs> you um you hurt the puppet it affects the person that's tied to so yeah. and that's how i took the mm. comment we could do better i think that's a we really nice way better. to take it as well yeah Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed, Donald. But that's not just all about voting in the president. It's just in our daily lives and interactions. Yeah. Like, are we doing the right things and treating each other right well? Certainly not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I'm so... <laughs> this thing keeps popping up, like, why are you drinking Sprite? Like, should we be drinking Sprite, <laughs> like, every day? Like, right. we got to treat ourselves better. We got to drink this <laughs> Hide my plastic water right. bottle here. <laughs> But yeah, before we get into the happier times, like yeah. there's something Bimpy that you had you were saying like it's not just here, it's like everywhere. Like and mm. they're looking back at the United States and it just made me think like how United States is always is viewed as this like global superpower and then we don't like sometimes we don't realize how we reflect how we affect the rest of the world. Like I don't know if we've ever maybe just in the moment like maybe this is like one of the biggest moments in history where we're affecting the world like this is where we see how we're a global power not by through wars and like natural disaster like relief but through this like like oh this america's gonna put this fucking guy in like i guess it's okay that we can do it right it like, just feels that's just like nasty. such a joke yeah, like, like mm -hmm. it does not feel real to me yeah, i yeah. feel like so it's a blip there like, is something way beyond our ability to access that is you know it's the puppet it's a puppet master that's pulling the strings and i can't even begin to comprehend how world leaders world powers world banks orchestrate and change and affect whole governments it's something that's so beyond my realm of understanding but i believe that that is what's happening mm. It's intentional. The powers that be. Whoever those may be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's kind of scary. It is scary. It's called fascism. Mm. <laughs> and then the scarier part is people eating it up. Those people. Or just uh, as, or us uh, as a whole. Maybe both. Yeah. Because turning away is also, you're like the bystander. I just think of, maybe this ties into like what I was talking about earlier, like a bigger thing. Like people don't question things like if this was turned sideways and i knew last night i left it this way and people can't see this audio but I'm talking about the mic stand i wonder why that happened right. i don't know if four out of five people would walk in a room and notice that that was changed right and i know that i'm not the only one that operates this way mm -hmm. so we don't question the norm we just oh we just take it take it take it take it take it but 
I know this question thing. what we're seeing. Yeah, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, why, and just break it down. And maybe you don't have to go as absurd as I do sometimes. Three in the morning, plotting why like things are the way they are. You know who my <laughs> favorite people are? Those anonymous people. Oh yeah, just yeah. be like hacking into stuff mm-hmm. and they'll just like fuck your whole shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need more anarchists in the world. Like Mr. Robot. They were the masks from V from Vendetta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Always remember the fifth of November. Disruptors. <laughs> you need disruptors. Yeah. Um, even to. Let me speak into this mic. Even to question, you know, our democracy and our and what that means. It's like, what do you mean it's a, demo- it's a democracy? It's a republic. But um, you know, who was I having a conversation with about exactly what we're alluding to? Just the idea that even our system, like this, is the perfect way, right? Like, who said that? Mm-hmm. It's the reason why you know the Bernie Sanders, the AOCs, um, Elizabeth Warren, why they seem so radical. Right, because we're always trying to adhere to this like two party kind of thing. It's just mm-hmm. like who said like this is the way, right? Who said? And which is like Hillary, you became the front runner for the Democratic Party when you ran, but like you weren't supposed to be the front runner. But like because the mm-hmm. puppets in mm-hmm. the whole political system are like this is mm-hmm. going to be the front runner. Like now and we yes, have a, a, a nut ass as a president. The so. Republicans made this fool the candidate. Mm. Of and all it, the choices they had, they made this fool the candidate. It's just so sad, but it frustrates me because I think like, I don't like the way how limiting it makes people feel like our fate and happiness right. totally rides on uh, these people because it doesn't. And you can go off the grid, you can c- create communes, you can create spaces and you can travel like we're not, we all have a responsibility, yes, but there are infinite possibilities and in other ways to exist and live beyond getting caught up in this evil mm-hmm. that's all around us. That's not how I want to live. Put your head down and keep mo- keep working and moving. Not I wouldn't even say like put down, my head like- down. I say organize with like-minded people who share some of your ideals about humanity. And yeah. not dwell in like that negativity i mean be aware yeah. observe pay attention but build and then find out where do you go next yeah right? build like be innovative think beyond and past them so maybe we got not a we like maybe it is a we but you're just saying like who said like this was the way like Right. What point do we get? Like, we have to amend all of this now, like the mm-hmm. Constitution. Right. Like, we have to be more fluid and more open to these things and stop being scared. Because, like, I mean, I was like, in, in like my creative practice and the way I was thinking, like, I didn't, I, I wasn't like, I felt the way saying, like, oh, this is like these radical thinkers. Like, why is this radical? Like, exactly. Because we're why opening, is this radical? like, just because you're not okay with it, not like, don't, or not knowledgeable enough, like, it's radical and it's scary. It's not scary. Like that's why I'm like, oh, I don't think I can talk to this, talk about these things I want to talk about to certain people. They're gonna be like, oh. So it's like, we just gotta open up more and like just be always willing to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And like, be the water. Like, be be like water. Like, we just change. I think you said that. Like, as you, I swear, like somebody like said something like that to me. Like, you're what like water. Like, you gotta like. You just take the shit like that comes from Bruce Lee. 
It does? Mm-hmm. Be water, yes, yeah, it does. Be water, my friend. Hmm. But you can also start locally. Right? Water. One of the reasons why I do like Newark so much is because of, you know, no one is perfect, right? No no government is perfect. Yeah. Um, but I do believe in paying attention to local politics and state politics. And I have a lot of friends who run for office. Mm-hmm. Big and friends. young people should run for office yeah. and should enter the conversation. You should support your friends who run for office. You should be donating money to nonprofits and activist groups and organizations who are doing the work. Like, there's so many different ways for us to address this fucked up ass situation that we're in. I have a quick thought. Um, this sort of, I guess, I don't know. I'm thinking of why I'm just like continuing to think about Watchmen and then what how it started, like Tulsa. Oklahoma with the black black Wall Street just that whole black positive black community there mm-hmm. and then it makes me think of Newark and mm-hmm. then Emmanuel he had he has the history of Newark class and he was taken in like oh so they told him like talk about something that we haven't talked about in class and he talked about like the radium girls like they was like I forget what year like they, they was like a radium factory here in like Newark and in Orange and ra- like before they knew radium was like bad and then these girls died but it made me think like and then all these things that happened in newark and how this not that newark is weird like this hot spot for things that always happen like the riots and stuff like that i'm like is newark is there something bigger happening that we can't see that newark should be a part of like is newark the next tulsa like this black Mm. haven that nobody's I mean, I'm seeing it now, like, they were tapping into it, like, is Newark that next, like, next Lotus? Fah? You mean, like, is Newark the next Black Wall Street? Yeah. If we wake up quick enough and in time. Um, Before they gentrify us. It's already started, but. I don't know, because the reality (laughs) is Newark does still have a significant, um, population living in poverty. Yeah. Not just downtown. So, they. so I mean, we have real issues that we still have to address. I was reading this article earlier. I wish I remember the woman's name, but she worked. She organized around issues of poverty, and she she died. I guess the other day. I wish I could remember her name. But there was this great quote that she had, and she said, "Poor people tend to help other poor people, and while rich people tend to think that poor people are just lazy." Hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so true. And so there's an element of that still I see in the city of, you know, people who do not have privilege and access to a whole lot, but they're helping one another. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing that I love about Newark. We're trying to help raise each other up. And while we're trying to help raise each other up, there's this like all this redevelopment happening. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, that's out, gonna bring out with in the a, old and with the new. We know what comes with that. Yeah, and you know we can't live fearful of that. We're just also aware, and we're like, you know what? We gonna get a piece of this too. <laughs> 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 you not just gonna come up in here and take everything, mm-hmm. but you know we do have to learn to share. It is caring, <laughs> but just don't come up in here like, 
like you said, in our everyday interactions and how we treat one another. Like I hope the new people who do come here are just like really mindful of you know the, the people who have been here. Yeah, behave like a guest in someone's house. Right. Go, and not go to the bathroom and drop yeah, the, blast <laughs> the blast the toilet. <laughs> you gotta know him at least like, we gotta go there at least five times before you can do that. But yeah, don't move <laughs> in on the block and all of a sudden nobody can hang out and play their music and you're calling the police on people. Right. Like mm-hmm. don't don't be that person. Right. Mm. I was trying to think of something like what movie did that, but I ain't got it. Real life. Real life. Just <laughs> videos on it's social media you can look at. <laughs> But now that we're sort of like on, I was trying to find real quick. I was trying to find like how old our country is compared to the rest of the world. Baby, mm-hmm. yes. Because like, has you ever heard like that that metaphor comparison that like oh it's in its teenage years and yeah. it's like right after it came out, uh, right after high school, it's kind of ugly, mm-hmm. doesn't know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Where are we? I'm sure that's part of it too. Mm. And that ties back. We're counting from. And then ties back to what you said. Like now we're like on this main stage and everyone's looking at us, but we're like we don't even know how to drive yet. We're not even ready for the main. But stage. too arrogant to admit that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The sixteen nineteen project. I that's, th- I thought was yo amazing. Yeah. I've got all that shit. Archived. <laughs> uh. Wait, talk um, about this. Yeah, yeah, but like because that was like the New York Times, mm-hmm. the New York Times, and then the New York Times Magazine did a whole run. Like that was like in August. Right, mm-hmm. commemorating like the actual yeah. year, not even of like the Jamestown, but it was in Virginia in 1619. Just like random, not even random, but they can't they they can't specifically key on the actual ship. I think, but they've keyed on that that year and mm-hmm. just that first boat that came hey, here. You can't talk about this his, the history of this country and how this country began without talking about slavery. That is how this country began, and it prospered because of slavery and. You know, we, this country and people in it struggle because it. <laughs> they struggle <laughs> because they won't accept that fact. Right. They won't accept that the black people, black Africans that were stolen and kidnapped and brutalized and tortured and separated from their families built this country. Mm. <laughs> they built it. And then we're treated, you know, less than human and are still treated less than human. Yeah. So where are we at? 400 years In later. denial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how old Literally we are. Denial me. years. In old. denial. What's the steps of, like, recovering from addiction or whatever? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's, it's some, the stages of grief. Yeah, it's yeah. the stages of grief. And what? I think that's where, like, the comment, like, we're just pussyfooting around and can't admit is, like, what resonates. Oh. And it's, like, I have to be the tough guy. <laughs> Macho, but, like, anyone, anyone. Like, right. why? Just admit. Like, as a kid, I remember I would have a hard time apologizing to my mom when I didn't think I did something bad. And now I'm the, f- <laughs> now I'm the first one. Yeah, I did it. I'm right. sorry. Right, right. <laughs> Or that one who, time is cool. Who broke the vase? I didn't break the vase. No, it wasn't me. Now, yeah, I broke the vase. I'll tell you before you even found out that the vase is gone. <laughs> and I bought you a new one. <laughs> right. Just things like that. Like, why do we have to be so tough? You're not tough. I can see right through you. Right. Pride I, is crazy. Yeah. I don't know Ego. if it's that when it comes to something political. Mm. Politics, this is money and greed. 
And so when we start talking about acknowledging history, then we're going to start talking about reparations. Mm. Then we're going to start talking about the billions and trillions of dollars that might be due to African Americans. They don't want to have that conversation. They don't want to have that money talk. Right. So it's not an apology. Nobody want no apology. Too late. Too much has happened. It's about action. Yeah. But apart from it, definitely as far as politicians go, it is money, right? So, but even like you're the common man, I think part of that is maybe along the lines of what Donald's saying, because like you can't you can't give me anything, right? I can give you money, but I think it's like this. Um, it's like looking in the mirror and just saying and just realizing that like, you know, when you tell people that they're privileged because oh they look different, goodness. it's like. They're like, I'm about to backflip off of a building. Like they get so, <laughs> like they they don't know how to take it. And mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of friends. Well, I yeah, I have a lot of friends that you know. When we start talking about privilege and start talking about how um, this is because you are a white person, they get quiet and almost offended. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But your your inability to understand this and to accept it is a part of the issue because you're not going to go and have a conversation with your sister and your cousin about the fact that it's because you are white. You know what I mean? You won't have that conversation because you're struggling with that. Like it's burning in your chest and I'm telling you this. And so if you don't go, you know, it's all about like, oh, you know, they'll say it's just like, well, why can't we just have a conversation? I'm telling you the truth. Because not not all white people are racist. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, oh, goodness. That's the, um, that's the response. Uh, But I'm not that way. And so. I shouldn't be penalized for things that my ancestors did. I'm a good white person. (laughs) Right. But what, and that doesn't change the fact that you still benefit from you being white and so go and tell but i was born poor i was my i had an immigrant family that came here and if we were able to make it why can't you people make it too exactly and you and but that was the and that's so funny because i would say that my response to that is that's the that's the lie that poor white people were sold like listen like i know you live with all these black people and everybody here is poor but you know what, we need this vote and you're better than them because you're white. And they were like, sure, sure am. <laughs> it's just like, you're not. You got the, you voted and you're still broke with these black folks, so mm-hmm. now what? And sometimes when we're trying to have these conversations, I just, I swear, listening is a beautiful thing. Like you don't have to say anything. You don't have to get defensive. You don't have to have a response. You can just listen to another person's experience and uh, perspective. But the minute white folks get defensive, whew, the conversation can't even be had anymore. You'll be fucking with their comfortability. <laughs> and the I don't way understand. things have been operating for them. I don't they don't like that. It's just mind boggling to watch. <laughs> there was a clip of the the playwright who did slave play on yeah. Broadway. Oh my goodness. And a white yeah. woman stood up during the Q&A and she was trying to admonish him. All my life. I, I have been dedicated to doing the right thing my whole life and I didn't see any representation of myself in there and good white people like me. Good white people. And it was it's like, like, okay, this is not about you. Like It's called slave play. 
If the story wasn't about you, ma'am, sorry you didn't see yourself. It wasn't Linda's play. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this isn't Oklahoma. Like, I... Uh, and the fact that you think that you must be represented is the very... Every fucking time. Right. It's just like, this is exactly what we're talking about. You're the center of the universe. Right. So, uh, I don't know. Like, what, uh-uh. <laughs> but we're having these hard conversations. But I also feel like we're the only ones having this conversation. And when I say by we, I mean people of color. Yeah. And that's, the, like, that's, that's what you also like alluded to in saying, like, the problem is that the white people are not having these conversations amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And then coming back, and then us coming together, like that's the also the problem. Like no, they want to have the conversation with us and assure us individually, like it's not me, <laughs> I, I didn't do it. Or like we, like the onus is on us to be the educators. Like no, you go back. Okay, now that I've taught you, um, Cindy. <laughs> Sue, right. <laughs> Can you tell your racist cousin to stop voting for Donald Trump? Right, like go and have these conversations and and I and I wonder, it almost makes me want to ask like, you know, my white friends like, do you sit around? Mm-hmm. You know, at each other's homes like I do with, you know, my black girlfriends and like we talk about these things, about things that are happening within the black community, mm-hmm. things that are happening even between us like, you know, we talk about black American culture and African culture and all time and we disagree and mm-hmm. but we're doing we're having those conversations so it's just like are you having those conversations with your white friends about these things but I almost feel like where do you begin if you can't understand mm. right like where do you begin to have that conversation so when we're talking it's because we understand each other we have a shared experience like what are you going to talk about like yeah like I totally I cursed at this cop and like I didn't get pulled over like but he didn't shoot me but then if you take that like how do you it's like we it's almost like we don't need our a mirror right but they need like the opposite to kind of put things in perspective perhaps there are a lot of books on these subjects right and you can there's go. a lot of information out there if you if, for anyone who wants to understand um they can just read yeah you can go to library <laughs> Maybe the question then becomes what can someone understand? And then what do they want to understand? And that too. Right, what do they want to understand? What can they understand and are you willing, willing to, to accept even when you can't understand that this is a aspect that there's truth in what yeah. these people are and saying? That it affects someone. Right. Because right. you can't, might not be able to relate to some things but you can understand oh, this thing affects somebody else or right. it means something to them. Yeah, it's difficult to enter those conversations sometimes. And I'm honestly not a patriot. Like, mm. at like, I've never saluted the flag as a kid. I never sang the Star Spangled Banner. Mm. You know, I'm not a patriotic person. So mm. when people are like, our country, I don't say things like that. <laughs> I care about humanity and I care about people but I'm not a our country and we need to do this for our country type of, type of person. And part of that is I guess how I feel about slavery as a black person. Mm. I don't even call myself a black American or African American mm. and say I'm black. I'm just people, <laughs> I'm me. You just reminded me of something. Black. I think I'm like, I don't know how I go about asking this. You, you, you've been this way since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Like you was already Yeah, my awake. whole life. 
<laughs> so since you can look remember. at my whole life, <laughs> like I've, if I had this thought immediately, I guess yeah, this was a year year ago when your name popped up on the list for like picking picking a class. I was like Shakur. I was like I ain't never seen a name like that in here. I gotta take her. I was like, because I, I already, I, I briefly said this to you, like, all right, I already, I already know the energy she on. Like, I got, I gotta get her. I gotta be in her space. <laughs> I can't help it. I be trying to calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but my question, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, this is like appropriate. Is is this your given name? That's very appropriate. I have this conversation every day, actually. Yeah. No, it's not my birth name. Yeah, I felt, I felt, I was like, yo, she's on and it. And even on the roster, I don't think Fayemi Shakur is listed that way on like my email wow. or if you go to rate my professor, it's not, it doesn't say Fayemi Shakur, it's my other name, my born name. Do you even speak on that name anymore? Like I'm not. No, I forget sometimes that that's my name. I kind of like um, but. So Flash I have love. to do something that requires requires legal paperwork. But my last name, um, Shank, is a German name. And so 20 years ago before I had children, I don't know, I just went through this really profound change when I was in college. And I just did not want to identify with that name. I don't know those people. Mm. I knew that it, they weren't African or black people. And it just disturbed my entire soul that this was my name oh. and I didn't want my children to have that name. Mm. So I started to do some research into African names and what they meant. And at the time they didn't have like DNA or genealogy tests back then. So I couldn't trace my roots where I came from. But in college they were talking to us about how 85% of the slaves came from Western Nigeria, which particularly many were associated with Yoruba and so <laughs> and that's and so like I have like all these African friends like Bimpe who I love talking to about this because I feel like there's like this disconnect between us and Africans on the continent and helping them to understand like our history is very our connection to you all is so deeply important to us like when we change our names like that's not a cultural appropriation. That's not us trying to be something that we're not. That's a reflection of our names, our religion, our language, our families, like everything was taken from us to the point where we had to really come into some sense of like our own identity, like and, and that ancestral trauma and memory that's passed down for generations. And so how do we empower ourselves? What do we call ourselves? Mm. And at some point I realized, you know, I can name myself and my children Blue Moon Sky if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't have to explain it to any damn body. It is what I say it is, and it has the meaning that's important to me. But it is deeply meaningful to explain to people like why I chose Fayemi, why I chose Shakur specifically. So Shakur, you know, is connected to a whole history of Black Panthers and Black liberation activists. And so that part of the name was really important to me. Um, and then Fayemi is a Yoruba name, which means divination befits me. Mm. which is kind of divination is like being able to predict or determine your own future mm. and divination practices in Africa they use all different types of instruments they might use cowrie shells for instance or you know the Chinese might use the I Ching or 
you know, some people use tarot cards to predict their own future. But I thought, how powerful is that to know what your future is and to be able to determine it yourself? So that's, Fayemi was just like the name that kept calling me. But when I meet Africans, like in Uber, every time I take an Uber, <laughs> guarantee you, <laughs> guarantee you there's a brother from Nigeria or Ghana, and I get in the car and they're like, Fayemi? <laughs> Where did you get this name from? And it's always a great conversation, and they're always like, wow, I think that's really beautiful. I didn't know that black Americans care so much it's about beautiful. their names and their connection to us. It's a reconnection, because I know that's the Nets. I can say theme, that's been a major theme, I know, with Ghana, like the year of the return, mm-hmm. 2019. Mm-hmm. But when I like w- like read up on it a little bit, it's like, yeah, it's for 2019, but I feel like it's like, a, not like, nah, we have to do this. It's not just on this one year, just we no, have we to must, do this. Yes, like, we have time to, to come yeah. back and yes, reconnect. To continue oh, what we're Yeah. I think you know where I'm thinking. That's why Kofi went. Yeah. So me and Donald are like huge, sadly. No, no, not sadly. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. But we're, we're, we're big wrestling fans, like since kids. Mm-hmm. And there's a wrestler. His wrestling name is Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. For a while, he was like, they, they had like sold him as like a Jamaican. Yeah. And he wasn't Jamaican. He's actually Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. And I think Kofi is actually his real name. But the Kingston part is just like. Yeah. Out of out of here. Mm-hmm. So then I guess he's finally and finally within the company he's finally got like a major push, and then to be a, like a a main guy, a main draw, like a headliner. Yeah. yeah. So he's been more open about his Ghanaian heritage and past, and they yeah. did like a whole thing of him going back to Ghana. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. this year he like uh to like summarize it he he reached the pinnacle of that profession mm-hmm. on the biggest stage. Yeah. And he went back there. There is a huge pro wrestling fandom over there, really? internationally, but yeah. specifically in Ghana, <laughs> and they were treating him like royalty. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, yeah, we don't have to stay here. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big I world. Right. It's, I it's a huge world. It yeah. is. Like, oh, like I'm seeing it in other places going. also, like along in the art world with Kahende Wiley creating the Black Rock like residency Mm -hmm. taking us to what is the country again senegal senegal like yes it's a residency but i'm like nah that's a that's that's like a whole life change like it's a different ass residency Mm -hmm. it's a hotel it's a i applied i was rejected like when when that happened they like send you like like yada 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 like this is why or like they'll just come back again next year no they didn't say why they just said that there were like thousands of applications Yeah. yeah So acceptance rate is probably very hard to get. Yeah. Wow. But I was just like, I thought it's gonna be like, they're gonna like take old, like soup these high up artists. Some no. of them are higher than, but them like they seem very. It's a pretty mix. Like yeah. I knew a lot of them. That's I'm like, what, like, these are my friends. Yeah. I know these people. That's what like freaked me. I'm like, Kambui. Like this dude. I'm like, what the fuck? Which makes me, <sighs> which made me feel better like it's because accessible. I'm like, yeah. Like it is accessible. Him, I'm like, yo, I was like next to this dude, and then another guy, like with the Pratts, was talking to him. I'm like, yo, like, oh, we can do this. Like this is not like unattainable. Like it's there. We can grab this thing. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought that was like amazing, but we should absolutely be traveling. Yeah. Yes. Bimpy and I have this conversation all the time, every day. At least once. Yes. Yes. So I'm not. Going. This is not even it. 
<laughs> what, was, what was the last destination y'all were discussing? Well, Bimbe has a house in Nigeria Uh-oh. that Ooh. I really would like to see. Yeah. Uh-oh. Let's all go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's welcome. L- live episode. From <laughs> but she has her heart set on Paris, quiet as kept. Paris? Yeah. Mm. Paris. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, I just think. The city of love. Oh, is lights. it? The lifestyle is just more, it's like, I'm like, what am I doing here? It's so weird. No, I do feel a little out of place, but I just think. And historically, Paris city. too, though. That like Paris has its connections to the black culture, correct? Like it's like almost like a haven, a little bit. Yeah, they have like, like a little Africa in Paris. Yeah, yeah. Because that's like in that like where yeah. I know like, like James Baldwin ran away there. I'm, I can't. He's the only one I remember. But I just I remember reading about other artists. They feel safe there. They're more welcoming mm-hmm. for us. And why? Why is that? Do you think? Well, I just think the pace and the style and the pace of life is a little bit more in tune with mine. I mean, for me, like Nigeria's home, mm-hmm. so that's like always home. But if I wasn't going to go to Nigeria or go back to Nigeria, then I would um, Paris definitely. And I really appreciate just the like literary arts. I think I do appreciate the literary arts in Europe, but like Europe is Europe, and like. For me, like Nigeria will always be home, and then to some degree America too, right? But um, I don't know. I, I just think the the pace and the aesthetic is just more of my pace. Maybe we don't have the same uh, pressure and constant assault on our mm. humanity <laughs> in other places. So there's it's liberating to step outside of American racism. But then, um, I don't know, maybe it's like you're on the outside looking in instead of in it, and in that way it becomes transformative. Mm. Right, because, I mean, that's not to say that there's no racism. Let's yeah. Say. It is everywhere. But, um, I don't know, it's just a place that I think I need to be. I just think traveling is important, oh. and I, I can't wait to be able to do it. Alone. Not alone, like alone like that. I but could like, travel alone. Yeah, al- traveling alone is, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I'm not afraid to travel alone. Have you done it? Is it scary? No. I did. It's adventurous, notes. right? Isn't there a thrill? Because I've done it mm-hmm. like twice or three times, but it's adventurous too. Yeah. Like I can't even go to the movies by myself. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> I'm about to go to Paris by myself and watch a movie there. Hopefully, right. mm-hmm. you shouldn't. You absolutely should travel alone. Yeah, I went to Jamaica by myself. Mm. On your Stella shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody said, that and no, so <laughs> I was not trying to go to get my groove back. There was no Tay Diggs. It there was. <laughs> what was his he name? looked just like him i don't oh, remember boy. he's a sweet brown skinned lifeguard on the beach he had a diamond <laughs> earring and everything. but no i told him like i'm not here for that chill <laughs> but he was movie. so sweet he like prayed with me like they were all trying to get up in my room I'm like chill <laughs> i'm not here for that <laughs> Sorry, my like, TMI. Nah, this is nah, this is what okay. we want. This is what we yeah. want. We want the openness and the vulnerability. This is what we call ripping the bandaid off. Yeah, yeah. I got a quick question before we get out of here. We can lead into that. Yeah, and I've never asked before. Okay, who are y'all feeling right now? Like artists, and that can mean musically, visually, liter literary. Is this the question that you asked, Kelvin? <laughs> Did I? Oh, oh, he, oh he had yeah. asked us this. Oh. Yes. 
So because he was like designers. Yeah, shout out to Kelvin Peebles, mm. the Peebs, <laughs> <laughs> the man Calvin, Kelvin. Calvin. <laughs> Benpei is so funny. Benpei said, "I have to think because I don't, you know, I don't like anybody." She's so funny. I had to say that. Like it can be somebody. They don't have to be like mainstream. Like whoever, like you specifically listen to, like. Oh. Or watch or read or yeah. anything. I, I have a lot of them, so you go first, Bimbe. Okay. Um. So, uh, Burner Boy. I, um, I want to be like rude. I'm like, yo. I feel like it got to be Burner. I feel like it got to be yeah. him. Uh, he's just doing. Don't go there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just I love what he's doing. Um, I love the African Giant album. I love mm-hmm. how he. I love his response to the whole Coachella thing, because um, he just captured the essence of like. African and Nigerian people like what do you mean my name is going to be this small and like just the whole idea of like I'm an African giant and so like mm. while in in this space and in, in America you guys might not know who I am but I'm an African giant so I mean I just love the music I think he pay, he pays so much homage to our greats which is Fela of course and King Sunny Day and you know like people like um Kate uh you know, Prince I.K. Dairo and just um, so musically, I love him. And then, you know, uh, literarily, um, I love Nikki Giovanni. She, I, you know, Maya Angelou, you know, God rest her soul, Toni Morrison, God rest her soul as well. But um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know where I put, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I pay enough attention, but I do love the writers I love, I love, but as far as like contemporary, I would just say Burna for so many reasons. Burna boy. Yeah. That's always like Emmanuel. I got that stuck up. The way he like, he was like, Burna boy. I was like, who is this? I'm like, oh, all right. I got you now. And I went down like my whole like, I, think I, I fuck with these African artists. Like, Yo, like Burna boy, that Burna boy, I, I downloaded is hot. <laughs> he talks about so many political things as well, you know. Um, uh, he's that's why I say he's a lot like Fela like Fela's mm. mother was um, assassinated mm. you know um, and Berna you know talks about politics in Nigeria and um, not in a commercial way and I love that he he sings and raps in our language too like he's not like always doing this like trying to do a fusion he's like you're gonna get this Yoruba song and you're just gonna deal with it yeah. but you're gonna dance you're not gonna know what I'm saying unless you work hard to do it and oh and I appreciate you for that too because Fiami let me put a, a Yoruba um, poem that I wrote in Yoruba and I didn't have to translate it and so it's just like that kind of like I'm giving you this culture and here it is and I'm not doing yeah. I'm not changing it or you know catering to, to you because of for it yeah or explaining right yeah or explaining it is it, it's, it's for a specific audience right yeah and I like that yeah I don't know musically who I who I'm kind of into. I mean, you like artists and then they do some dumb shit and then you're like, oh, why'd you gotta go do that? <laughs> right, that's true. Oh, Every man. time I like somebody, they say something stupid. <laughs> right. Or do something stupid. Right. So, I don't know, I'm gonna pause. They they gotta earn that. And so I'm, I don't know. But I'm I'm gonna go back to the collective on who I'm, I love Jasmine Mans as a poet. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, and I'm gonna tell everybody like you you're not paying attention to Jasmine Mans as a poet like you're sleeping her book she has a book coming out Mm. um in 2021 damn 
I know. I wish it was. She got a she got a deal with Pen, uh, Penguin Random House. Mm. I'm really excited about her book that's yeah, coming it's out. Be, uh, it's we you know we have so much talent here in our own city that we don't really. It's it's crazy until we go out elsewhere. You know, then we'll realize what we have here. But, you know, Dominique DeRusso, I think, is an amazing black woman photographer. We have, like, right here. I'm like, do you understand the incredible talent that we have in this city? Um, I have two other black uh, women photographer friends of mine, Layla Amatula Baran and Adama Delphine Fuwandu. I worked with them a couple years ago on this publication called MFON, which was a collection of 100 black women photographers throughout the diaspora all over the world. And I love the work that they are doing because editorially they say like, you hear a lot of curators or um, people who work in all these different industries who say, oh, I would hire a black woman photographer, but I don't know any. And they got so tired of hearing that of black women photographers being excluded from shows and publications and things that they were like, okay, we gonna make a book and put all the black women photographers we know in this book so you can never say that they're not out here, they're out here. Right. So those are, I guess, just a couple people that yes, I'm Yes, every member of the collective, actually. Yes, every single member. <laughs> all of them. All of the, of the women. Of the womb thing. For real, I mean. <laughs> There's too many of them for me to name yeah. all them all, but just yes. put a it's a loaded roster. Just put, like they just put a rocket on their back, Donald, like, <laughs> and they're fucking going up. Yeah, it's already happening. See? Oh, and I, I guess I have a surprise I can announce. Uh oh, here we oh, go. Have, Special exclusive. You got the exclusive. <laughs> do you have like a, ba- a bomb drop that you can do? It will be oh, like, You bomb? must Look, add it. The flex bomb. Drop the bomb. Wait, stop gonna, it. I'm really gonna do it. Okay. There we is, go. This is really uh, okay. This is early great. Christmas. So I got a job offer, mm. which is why I'm not going to be teaching here next semester. Mm. I may come back um, to Rutgers Newark later. But um, the mayor offered me a job to be director of art and culture for mm. the city, which I'm very. It's a, it's a big job, <laughs> and that's the bomb drop. Yeah. <laughs> So director moving on up. Director of Art and Cultural Affairs for the city of Newark. In the largest city in New Jersey. Mm. She bout her shit. A little, yeah. I, <laughs> like I thought we was playing with these guests that we have and we try to bring up here and expose to y'all. But we got, uh, I'm fucking hype. Like, <laughs> we, got, we got one. Like, we got, like, you're in there. You're going to be doing your thing. Hopefully. I'm, I'm doing a- it so well. I'm oh, really excited. Yeah. Are you scared? I am. Which is a good thing. I'm, yes, I'm low key terrified. But it's good nurse. It's <laughs> a good nurse to have. It's humbling. Um, I want to serve as a great advocate of the arts for our community, for the artists in our community. Mm-hmm. There are concerns about gentrification and artists being pushed out, and how can we like really respect artists as entrepreneurs? Like, there's a lot of props they are given to like small businesses and making sure you know the city is supporting businesses and business owners. But artists are business owners mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, this is their livelihood. We shouldn't treat them as like volunteers, like, oh, come and teach this class and we'll give you $100. Like, no. 
they have incredible value. They affect the economic impact of this city. They should not live in poverty and have to juggle five different jobs when they are such, they provide such a tremendous service to the city. Mm-hmm. And just spreading the arts to, to like our young people throughout the city who want to learn like how to paint or how to draw, making sure that type of exposure is available, not just downtown, but really like getting it out to our children because we can all remember someone who took notice of our talent at mm-hmm. an early age and how important that was. So those are just few things, but the mayor has some special assignments for me, oh. so. This is such a good move by the city of Newark. Oh, thank you. Like, uh, I'm flattered that you did that. <laughs> we are so excited. The city of Newark, artists in the city of Newark are excited. I'm gonna do my absolute very best. Yeah. Does this move feel like, um, how did I, it's like, all right, I did, like, I did it. It sort of feels like I've made it. Like, it's, oh, you made this at this one level. This is just the one level, like, yeah, right. Or this is just like. I never feel like I made it. Hmm. There is always more work to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the master plan? Like, what's your ultimate goal and plan? For myself personally? Yeah. Oh, Jahi, you don't have enough time. (laughs) (laughs) The world. (laughs) No, I I really, I don't know. I wish I had a plan. Like, people tell you you should have a three-year, five-year, ten-year plan. I I don't. I'm just winging this shit. I wouldn't say I'm winging it, but I'm doing everything that I love. I don't do anything that I hate. Mm. Right. I will not take any job that I hate. I can only do what I love, and that's how I live. And I don't really have a plan. So when you were offered this position, did it come to you as a surprise? Uh, or, yeah. Or did you think like <laughs> everything that I've been doing and that I have had my hand on was like leading to this? I understood why he asked me. Uh-huh. He knows me well. He knows the work that I do. And he's, he's known me for a long, a long time. But it still came as a surprise. I thought he was going to ask me. He's like, I need your help. Uh, come to try, you know, come by my office uh, on Tuesday. And I was like, well, okay. I thought he was going to ask me to volunteer for something. That's what I thought I was going. I do this thing for free. But, he, you know, I've worked in um, nonprofit um, development, like a part coast cultural district which was building up an art and cultural district there we developed the Lincoln Park Music Festival to help revitalize that community like that's kind of how I started entering um, this kind of cultural organizing work in the city and yeah like every year I'm just kind of like I want to try this I want to try that like I have an artist in res- a residency at Shine so now I'm ex- exploring photography and film and active yeah Stay like active. I'm, I'm just a curious person I guess and I hate being bored so I'm just like I wake up like what can I do today <laughs> <laughs> not limiting yourself no and I used to um, I used to, because I'm a writer, first of I am a writer, but I was always interested in photography. But I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should stay in my lane. Everyone, everybody's going to be like, oh, you're a photographer now, huh? <laughs> but I'm like, why do we put ourselves in these boxes? Why do we do that to ourselves? And I just wanted to free myself from that. It's okay to wear many hats. Yeah, but yes. you know what they say about the jack of all trades. I try and ignore that, too. Oh, the master of none. 
so what i just yeah, want to do that's, it that's how it goes yeah <laughs> yes that's how it goes but who said that we have too many examples of people who have mastered multiple disciplines yeah and like there's that kind of like the new term for that is like what is it? um like hyphenate like multi-hyphenate oh, yeah like where the fuck are these terms coming from like <laughs> what no because it is like why can't i be gordon parks and be thelma golden and be jacob lawrence why can't i be all of them like why i just have to be this yeah and what if not trying one of them doesn't lead you to the one thing that does fit in right. quotes right and i think we change every decade like in my 20s i was exploring a certain thing in my 30s it was a certain thing so now i'm in my 40s and i'm just in a different place of learning mm-hmm. I, I feel like i try and learn something new so that's what i'm doing leading the way for us yes i have friends with me that the g- come with me on yeah. this journey <laughs> that come on this ride i like adventures do you like this adventure, Bimbe? It's been fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's been an adventure too. <laughs> it's been a a year long adventure. It has, cause yeah, our anniversary is coming up. It is. Mm, what are you guys doing? Going what to are Italian we restaurant? Mm. Or home cuisine? We're gonna plan something. Yeah, we we need Nigerian to. cooked food. We should go to Nigeria. Oh. See, okay, we don't have to. Fuck, we're going there. We're just going there. Okay, we'll just go. Okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but damn, y'all, like, I'm tr- like, I wanna, I wanna wrap this up, but, like, I just, I just wanna keep asking and like digging and like we're gonna need a part two. Consuming more energy from y'all, like, like I'm just, I need this shit <laughs> deeply, deeply. <laughs> Like especially the space that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. well, both of us we're both like in these like transition transitional mm-hmm. phases and trying to figure ourselves out, and then and that's part of this medium that we're doing. Yeah, then when I like me personally, like I look up and I see y'all, y'all y'all too. I'm just like you all right. Like there's a goal. Like get to like where they're at. Y'all are complete like inspirations to me, and I just wanted to share hmm. my love for y'all. So y'all by bringing y'all here and doing oh, this. Thank you so and much. And also sharing yeah. everybody else. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, believe in yourself. And like dream, like I, I just really believe in the power of our imaginations. Mm-hmm. And like don't, we, we just discredit ourselves. Like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, nobody's gonna accept me, or I'm not good enough, or I don't have time. Like, don't do that. Especially like, the last one. Don't have time. Yeah, it's a time man here. Instead it's of a like fear too. Trying to just make it happen. I think sometimes we have fear of failure and mm. fear of success too, mm-hmm. and you gotta like break out of that because if you love it, you will find the time and a way. Mm-hmm. And the really amazing thing is the way starts showing up all by itself. Mm-hmm. Like people start coming into your mm-hmm. life, like mm-hmm. everything just kind of, I don't know, like Voltron, like everything come together. <laughs> <laughs> come together like Voltron. And that's what's like a very underrated quality. Like I was just telling somebody the other day, like you need something, you need to like pause and like look up and see like what's actually happening and like understand like the universe is sort of like working in your favor. Mm-hmm. Even though it's sometimes undefeated. it's like shit, but it's like look look at these people and things that are around you and happening. It's all for a reason. Yeah, it's not coincidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like in like the quote yeah. like a to paraphrase end quote a great woman she's like just remove all doubt that shit don't make that shit don't even like exist like I think it's time to take that word out of vocabulary mm-hmm. like you said like to continue like quoting her like just write that shit on a piece of paper ball <laughs> it up and throw that shit away <laughs> not in the compact or not in the recycle don't bring that shit back <laughs> like yeah just burn it Mm-hmm. Just vaporize that shit. Right. Pew. But yeah, anything, anything you wanna before we step out of here? We no, this was marvelous. He's on down the road, up out of here. Thank you for coming and being able to talk. As I know, just getting together sometimes is a little difficult. I know, Fiamma, you're on, on your way out, so we had to move quick. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. And yes. getting to know each other a little bit better. So yeah. this was like very pleasant. Can't wait to listen to it back. Yeah. For sure. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for the conversation. Oh, before we leave, oh, we handles. always forget. The handles. Where can the good fine people of, <laughs> of the show find you if they're interested? Your website, Instagram, what have you. No DMs. Um, Unless they want it. Don't send me no <laughs> like, DMs. DM. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. No. My website is fayemishakur.com F-A-Y-E-M-I-S-H-A-K-U-R uh, Instagram is at fayemi underscore uh, We have a new Instagram that I mm. need to work on for Womb of Violet mm. that is at a womb of violet mm. on Instagram. Hashtag um, we are totally using so that hashtag funny. and on twitter i'm at seven fiami i think that's everything seven like the number seven like god mm, the biblical number yeah okay so um website vibe and pay b-y-b-i-m-p-e dot com on instagram at vibe and pay b-y-b-i-m-p-e and on twitter the same thing everything is vibe and pay it was all available you got to keep it throughout <laughs> oh and right. you got to follow jasmine mans on instagram at poet jasmine mans yeah i think i did Yes. I ain't want to follow the other. Yo, I know your people. So please <laughs> follow me back. You've never seen y'all. her live. Nah. Next time she posts it, she's doing the show. Yeah. Go. Have to yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Are y'all like at every show? We have a representative. We try to have a representative. There's a womb there. There's another representative at every show. They're in the crowd. Another pedal. All right. But yes, thank you again. Thank you again for coming. And this is Jahi in the place to be. The legit sidekick. The legit sidekick. Six hundo. <laughs> Son of a plumber. Mm. For my babies out there. <laughs> All the little chillings. <laughs> and I've been your host with the most. With the toast. Mm. Mm. Not the cream filled. <laughs> and we're signing out. So we'll catch you guys much later.